Greetings and welcome to Star Trek Discovery Pod, a sometimes funny, trying to be smart podcast about all things new and classic Trek. Wolf 359 was an inside job. I'm your captain, Mariah Gossett. With me on the view screen, we have... And I'm your favorite cave baby, Paul Satachit. Welcome, Paul. Clyde will be joining us uh, in just a few minutes, running just a few minutes behind here for the live stream. But tonight we are going to be talking about the eighth episode of season four of Star Trek Lower Decks entitled Caves. Uh, This is directed by Megan Lloyd and written by Ben Rogers. Just a couple of reminders before we really dig into the episode, though. Paul, where can people like find our content and share it with other humans. Well, I, I think if you go on your computer and go into caves, C-A-V-E-F. <laughs> no, uh, uh, we are at Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. All links are at StarTrekPod.co. And if you love our content, and we hope you do, uh, please, considering our, please consider joining our Patreon for just $2 an episode at Star Trek, uh, no, at Patreon.com slash StarTrekPod. Indeed. And we are doing a couple of episodes about the Ferengi coming up for our Patreon. Um, so you should definitely check that out. Paul, what were what were some of the episodes we're going I think to check we're, out? we're we're I think we're gonna first start with uh Menage to- Troy. Mm-hmm. Menage uh, Troy. Mm-hmm. And uh we're doing the Bar Association from Deep Space Nine. So we're gonna talk about those two. We're gonna talk about uh Ferengi-esque things, you know, all mm-hmm. things because they're they're obviously the best you know, race in all Star Trek, because that's how we, we judge Star Trek by the best bestness of a race. Oh goodness. Okay. We'll <laughs> be one of those episodes, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Going to be one of those. Um, also, if you are hanging out with us tonight, live on YouTube, you can participate in the chat, talk with each other, ask us questions, uh, give us your opinions. If you want us to pay attention or answer a particular question, what helps us distinguish Uh, from the chat of y'all just hanging out and chatting with each other is if you type the word pod in all caps, so capital P, capital O, capital D, capital pod in the chat, and we'll take a look at that. Also, if you have thoughts and opinions that you want to share with us, your quick takes, you can do that uh, by typing capital HF, capital HF in the chat for when we get to that point. Or if you're a member of our Patreon, you can just leave us a message. So if you are like, oof, guys, you know, the live stream, love it. It's a little late at night for me. I need to get my shut eye. I feel you. Um, but you can leave us a message anyway at our messages from the menagerie in our Patreon Slack. So another reason to join us over there on the old Patreon. Um, I think it is time for us to get into some of those spicy takes. And we'll take a look at what was shared with us from our crew over in messages from the menagerie. But first, we gotta see a uh, a quick little a quick little video. You gotta deal with it. You gotta deal with some hot breaks. Um, let's see. We have some messages from the menagerie. Paul, do you want to read the first one? From Kyung, uh, it's great to see the gang uh, the gang rebound rebound. Tendi's story was the shortest of the four, but it was my favorite. Uh, it adds more background to how they. Uh, so quickly became friends. And Karen Chu says, I thought this was fun from this from start to finish. And it was great seeing our gang back together. This was the most laugh out loud up for me this season. For some reason, the leg really cracked me up. Love the cave being the exact same in every story. Lots of Voyager reference with the baby in the cave mashed with Enterprise pregnant trip to the doppelgangers of the four, which we didn't get to hear the whole story of. Overall, this was one of my faves. Uh, let's see if there's anything going on in the chat from Stephen 
Crippen, we have Hot Freak, the green goo that pulses when it talks is some serious TOS throwback. Indeed, we are going to talk about that. Um, Paul, what did you think about this episode? I thought that, like, it, I mean, I think it was funny from uh, from start to finish. Uh, I think this was probably the most, like, touching episode. It was for me. nice. Yeah, it was very nice. But, but what was really interesting about it is it wasn't, like, for, from the character's perspective. But it's like an inside joke between those of us who have been with Star Trek for so long, like all their life. Uh, and you go like, oh, here's something that we do that is pretty stupid. <laughs> we love a cave that looks exactly cave. the same every episode. And, and, and so there's, there's something ridiculous about it where you go like, oh, this, is, this episode is somewhat like of a love letter to me. You know, mm-hmm. like, like, hey, caves. And, and then, like, you know, all the Star Trek people who have been, you know, who've seen enough Star Trek go like, right, caves. right, caves. We love a budget-friendly cave. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's right. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, this is taking another kind of quick uh, trip away from the main plot, but I kind of enjoyed this little breath to really see our core four back together. Um, it was enjoyable to have this be sort of a clip show without it being a clip show. Um, because all clips we've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did actually like seeing that every single flash was like a point of everyone succeeding. So I was sad we didn't get like a little moment from Tendi, but I'm glad that she seems to be that heart anchor um, for me, which I really liked. And we have gotten a few really great Tendi episodes this season. So I, I'm not like sorely disappointed, but I like that we got to see Mariner really succeed. Boimler kind of lose control, but ultimately find a way to succeed. I thought it was a great little kind of recap of where characters have been and where they are now. Um, so yeah, I agree with yeah. you. It was it was great. I think like I guess I've always like been a fan of like coming of age stories, mm-hmm. and so like one of my favorite last lines of a show of an episode uh, of a show is like this episode of the Wonder Years. Now the Wonder Years is. Uh, I, I watched the wonder years on Nick oh, at night. Yeah. But not everyone on this, you know, mm-hmm. might, might know it. So it, it's about, you know, a bunch of kids growing up together. It's told in flash. There's a reboot on now. Yes. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't watched it, but like, anyway, so, uh, this episode revolves around two friends. Uh, one is the extraordinarily nerdy one. And one is Fred Savage. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, like the nerdy one, uh, his name is Paul. No relation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine if we were related to everyone who shares the same first name? Uh, yeah, that'd be uh, yeah. A- a- anyway, like he gets drafted for the basketball team, mm-hmm. and Kevin goes throughout the episode trying to, you know, prove to Paul that he he ain't all that. But like for for it all, at the end, Kevin comes to realize that like you know Paul can be good at, you know things that he isn't good at and like and it ends with uh sometimes uh you have to grow apart to grow together oh that is that sweet is that sweet i did like that is nice and i think it's true like you have to kind of go and and i like that this episode did that it's like you kind of have to go and work on your own to figure out who you are as an individual in order to grow within your friendships with other people yeah so that's what i felt it was very heartwarming that way yeah. 
Um, I wanted to go through, I, I put uh, in our notes here, I have a couple of my favorite cave episodes, but I'd love to hear yours. Um, and I tried to pick some that kind of are relevant to the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have, um, I, I feel like a, a direct uh, tie to The Devil in the Dark, which is a original series episode, which also has sentient goo. And it's our first cave episode of the Star Trek mm-hmm. universe. Um, another one of my faves is Heart of Stone from Deep Space Nine. Yeah, yeah. Which is uh, a heartbreaking one, but really great. Heartbreaking? Why is it heartbreaking? Well, it felt heartbreaking in the moment. It's like eventually it's like a night, it ends well, but you're, it's very tense, you know? <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Because Odo like goes, I love you. <laughs> I, lo- I love you, Kira. Vulnerable. It's vulnerable. Maybe that's like there, the better there, word for there it. There you go. Um, and then the one that I cannot believe, it was like such a deep cut that I had to like, I hadn't remembered this episode. I had to really dig around because I was like, I have this vague memory and it's a uh, paratrician from Voyager, mm-hmm. uh, which is when Neelix and Tom Paris have to take care of an alien baby together. <laughs> I, I don't remember that episode. It's when they're arguing about um, Kess. Kess and yeah. um they have to go on a mission together mm-hmm. and like, you know, it's some ion storm, something, sure, sure. you know, the thing and alien baby is in there and they can't get it to eat. And then they figure out that the proteins from the ion storm are oh. what the baby needs to eat. Oh, hence the, I got it. Uh, I didn't realize that. Okay. Yeah. I know. I was deep, like, deep, dang. deep cut, deep cut, deep Clyde. Cut. Clyde has made it. Hello, everyone. How are you doing this evening, Clyde? I'm doing all right. Yeah. So Mariah and I were saying how like this cave episode was particularly offensive compared to all the <laughs> other cave episodes that we've seen before. So do you want to comment on that? <laughs> I mean, there's there's nothing like a cave to offend me. So mm. I think cave is just code. No, um, <laughs> you know, my favorite moment in this episode was clearly the joke around how the tricorders and the sensors and the communications never works in a cave. That was hilarious because it was so true. And and that was to me quintessential lower decks where they're, they're talking about something that we've all sort of taken for granted, but also go, why is that? Mm-hmm. I love the like, Mariner line when she says something like, Oh, nothing like a pile of rocks to interfere with the, like the best technology <laughs> ever created. <laughs> The most advanced technology ever created. Um, yeah. Very funny. Uh, I was just sharing with Paul some of my favorite cave episodes. Uh, do you have a particular favorite cave episode of Star Trek? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think... Um, if you don't remember the title, it's fine. Yeah. I, uh, wasn't wasn't the one with Darmok? Wasn't he in a cave at one point? No. No? Yeah, yeah maybe. No, 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 they were campfire. Mm. Um... um there was that episode where uh, Jordy was with the Romulan on that Ion planet. Oh yeah, and, and I don't particularly like that episode, but I, I because like nothing really happens except for like yelling at each other in a cave. Mm-hmm. But like you know, but it gets, just shows you like, oh look, we don't have to do it. We just need to put put them in a cave, and that's it. I mean, didn't they they go back in time and find Data's head in a cave? Oh yeah, time zero, one and time two, zero. Um, I feel like there's an episode of Deep Space Nine, or no, of Voyager with Balana in a cave of some sort. 
I don't remember um, Milana and Akira. Are, oh, wait, no, yeah, that's the, that's the one where she gets split in two between her Klingon yep. self and her... Oh, uh, uh, her, yeah. her because we know what you get. Uh, <laughs> that, 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 people love that type of... That, that holds up so well. So well. <laughs> so, yeah. so well. Um, uh, it's it's kind of wild how ubiquitous the cave... Yeah, it, it, like, do you think when they start writer's rooms, like back then, they were like, okay, so... We know we're going to use the cave set at least three times this season. So where do we, for budget reasons? So how, how do we want to use it? You I know? mean, <laughs> you know, it's always one of those things. Like I'm, I'm big into art. I love sports. Blood but fever. There's that, always, that, 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 yes, blood fever. But but there's always this business aspect of it, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, you've always got to think about the business aspect. And I do wonder if you they look around, especially back in the the nineties and the mm-hmm. early two thousands, they go, okay. And people, people come up. If you imagine a writer's room and people are coming up with these great ideas, and they're like, oh, and they've got this planet that we've never been to. And eventually somebody goes, hey, hey, wait, 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 time out. But what if it's in a cave? Yeah, or because to me, it's like, like focus in on a couple things that we know we can do. We do caves really well and we do desert planets, right? Yeah. But, but I have an idea for a water planet. Mm-mm, man, mm-hmm. water planets. Do you, have you seen many water planet episodes? No, too expensive. Cave, desert. Because yeah. I feel like we get a lot of those, right? It's so like, like cave, desert, and then can we use the old West set that's sharing the Paramount yes. <laughs> Well, I mean, like, like, I, I, like uh, my wife and I, we wrote for a, a TV show. We, we pitched a TV show uh, called Creep Show. And like one of the reasons why we think our episode was picked was because it was the cheapest to shoot. Like, you know, and so I imagine there's, if I were in that room, I go like, okay, here are these episodes, that, like lots of special effects, a bunch of Borg, you know, blah, blah, blah. We don't got a lot of money. Well, I guess we're gonna have to have a couple of cave episodes. <laughs> well, and, and, and Mariah, to your point, like the old West set or the old casino sets, like, mm-hmm. hey, you remember we got a bunch of Tommy guns laying around mm-hmm. so we right. could reuse those too. Um, I, yeah. And I love that in the pacing of lower decks, even though it is an animated series, the fact that they're putting it before their, their grand two part finale, essentially right. like the final two episodes, it's kind of a hilarious homage to the original, like to the, uh, the nineties, the pacing of the nineties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where you'd be like, Ooh, I know we have some really high budget episodes <laughs> coming up. So what can we do all in one location? <laughs> and, and it also had a little bit like of this, flashback episodes mm-hmm. like i hate the episodes where the entire episodes is flashback but this was kind of like we're gonna do a bunch of episodes and now you've got this monster that's saying wait wait no you can't go not until i hear another story like give me mm-hmm. more stories it it did have a very tongue-in-cheek like we're gonna we're gonna have a good time making fun of all the things that were just perfectly you know, tried and true methodologies of the old Trek series. Mm-hmm. I suppose like this is what I really, really appreciate about Lower Decks is that unlike all the other uh, Star Trek properties, they all live in their narrative, but like Lower Decks lives in its narrative and lives in the meta. And, and so in a way, like Lower Decks is a friend to the viewer, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and, and, and I really appreciate that. Like, you know, that, that duality of going, oh, they have their own thing, but it's also 
like here here this is for you specifically nerds <laughs> yeah i mean like you were saying paul it felt like a love letter to the people who really get it and yeah. it was like even and it's like even if you are a new fan i appreciated that they then really did it in an over the top way to be like oh even all of our lower deckers have a sure. cave story sure, so sure. it's like even if you're new you can then like if you rewatch this after watching it for the first time you're like oh haha like all of these cave adventures that they have this is so wild and crazy well and and tindy's story about being trapped in a turbo lift was <laughs> like it was almost like look we don't have time or the episodes to do an homage to all the time someone gets stuck in a turbo turbo lift. But it was kind of like you could do a whole show about getting stuck in a turbo lift, turbo lift not working, having to crawl through a Jeffrey's tube. It was like there's a whole bunch of things that you're like, wow, this happens over and over and over mm -hmm. again. You would think that somebody would be like, hey, you know what we should do? We should put the turbo lift on a whole separate generation system. Right. So that if we lose power, it doesn't go out because people get stuck in these things all the time. Yeah. And I mean, we did see that in um, the short track with um, Spock and number one. Right. Mm -hmm. If you remember that particular episode where they're stuck in the turbo lift, which I enjoy the idea that the turbo lifts are where people go to confess like their secrets and their feelings. Because Teddy's <laughs> like, oh, I was so worried. And they're like, oh, we just see you for who you are. We're not going to put stereotypes on you, which I thought was also so nice. It's, it's the turbo lift is like the old like MTV confessional, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, you, just, like, you step in and it's like, uh, so have, here's what really happened. <laughs> have you guys ever been stuck in an elevator? No, no. knock on wood. Uh, like, I, I knew have I, but like, it seems like, you know, in my lifetime, I've been in a couple of elevators. But like, you know, but I feel like on shows like, you know, those turbulists are just not as well built. <laughs> just... I mean, I, I, what was I just uh, I, I just finished watching the new season of Sex Education on Netflix, which I really enjoy that show. And there's a whole like subplot about uh, an elevator that keeps breaking on that sure. show as well. Um But I do wonder, I mean, I don't I don't want it to happen. I will say I was just in like the United Kingdom and, and those elevators in Europe and the UK are very tiny and they rattle a lot. And I was convinced I was going to get stuck in one at some point. Sometimes it's worth just taking the stairs, man. Yeah. Like, I, I think you, you walk to an elevator, you look at it and you make a judgment call and you say three flights. Mm, I'll walk 11 yeah. flights. Mm, risk I, I'll risk my, my life is worth that. <laughs> I'll take the, I'll roll the dice. Roll the dice. Um, I did want to, uh, I guess we can dig into each particular flashback. Um, we saw Boimler hanging out with uh, Levy, who is a repeat character. We've had them on Lower Decks a few times, who is our resident conspiracy theorist, which I thought was really funny to kind of roundabout way have the, um, uh, Vendorians be like really into the conspiracy theories about them. And they like really enjoyed that play. Um, I also started rewatching, but I didn't get to finish. It was the um, uh, Vendorian episode of the animated series. I don't know if y'all have watched that one mm -mm. before. Um, it's uh, the survivor, this, the scavenger. So, uh, it's something like that, but um, essentially it's like, they come upon this like, um, 
it's supposed to be this person who has been like missing for a while, but it ends up being a Vendorian who's then like shape-shifting to different members of the crew. Um, and it's like a very funny, like little shape-shifty like animation that they right. do. <laughs> yeah. I think in episode two of Lower Decks, a Vendorian was there. Like, yes. Uh, in the uh, Envoys in season one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, you know, it, uh, sh- sure. Octopus yeah. people. I mean, it makes sense to do it in the animated shows because that would be a harder one to to make happen sure. in our uh, live action series. Um, but what did you think of Boimler's uh, kind of explosion of frustration with Levy? You know, do you ever have, have you ever had a friend who you go, or or a person you work with that you go like, oh, you're the problem. Like, you know, like, like, and I feel like, you know, I feel like I more than anything in any episode in all of, of Lower Decks, I go like, I empathize with you, Boimler. I, 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 especially after uh, blowing up you, the little car, yeah, I, I go like, you know, you're, you're being you're being stupid. And, and now it's costing it's impacting me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, you know, your tolerance is like really because in, in a way it's like a little selfish, right? Right. I'm right, you know, and so uh, my conspiracy is right, and, and but in this case, it was so. I I, I, I guess I'm like Boimler. I just got screwed. I got messed up. I got fooled. I'm, I'm with you a little bit, Paul, in the fact that like, I think he was being real chill. Like Boimler was trying to like be real chill and and accommodating, but you're in a crisis, mm-hmm. right? And when he blew up that car, it was just like, dude, now. Your psychosis is affecting me, right? Your paranoia is in my world. When it's just you and you're running your mouth and I'm annoyed, I can let you handle that. But, but you blew life, up. Yeah. yeah, my <laughs> life is on the line. Now I'm I'm losing my cool. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of felt that. Uh, it's basically how Mariah feels about us all the time. <laughs> all the time. She's like, oh, uh, you know, it's okay. I'm going to let you guys talk. But you like, guys you know, talk. It's going to be blow up just that car. I'm fine. <laughs> I still have control of all the buttons. Um, Chupi says uh, there's a, a great line from Boimler, and that is, your knowledge is artfully mixed with hyperbole and misinformation. Wasn't that the... Oh, that was the Vendorian. Yes. Which I really enjoyed. Um, and then we get to... Wait, I think he, he, like, Levy was eating that, like, big cricket. fly or what, cricket, cricket. or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Like he was just into it. I was like, dude, calm that. Have you had anything made with cricket flour before? No. Crunchy crickets. They're pretty good. I thought about it once, but no. It's pretty good. It's the protein powder of the future. Have you ever ever had uh, like chicken, Clyde? Yes. (laughs) It it tastes like cricket. It's just crunchy. (laughs) Imagine uh, chicken, but like nothing like it. Yes. I've had some interesting things, but cricket's not, not, it hasn't made it, hasn't made it yet. Yeah. I remember I sat in, this is a weird tangent, but I once got to sit in on a taste testing of these like protein granola bars that were made with crickets. And they suck. By sit on, did you sit in, did you say you, you had to watch? No, I ate them, but yeah. You ate them. Mm -hmm. Okay. That was part of like a little, it was like a demonstration of the product. Yeah. It was good. Taking a note. No, it wasn't. I mean, it just tasted like peanut butter. It was because it was like a peanut butter bar, you know? It's like when you eat at Mariah's house, 
ask for the ingredient <laughs> list. Got it. Right. Um, I'm a pretty good cook. I, I would only, I would only willfully with knowledge, let you know if you're going to have crickets. Um, appreciate that. Just, you know, Clyde, if I ever cook for you and you, and you're like, Hmm, this is good. But what is it? I go peanut hamper. <laughs> I mean, peanut hamper is mm. apparently a pretty good gardener. So yeah, yeah she go. might have some Veg- vegetables might be on point. Tasty go. tomato salads. Um, I think for me, my favorite one was the Rutherford and Ta'ana cave. I I knew that you would say that. That, That'd be my guess. It was just so beautifully absurd in all the best ways. Like, it just, and I was talking to Paul before you got on about this episode of Voyager where Neelix and Tom Paris have to raise a cave baby that they find um, in an episode and that is also like a weirdly beautiful strange episode um, <laughs> there is so much wrong in that description of an episode <laughs> that if if you sit and there's this episode where Neelix and Tom Perry has raise, a ca- raise a cave baby my next question would be <laughs> and the show got renewed yeah. <laughs> they find a nest of eggs and one of them hatches um <laughs> It's really weird because, like, you know, like if you think of like to me, like, you know, uh, season one of Next Generation was fine, it has some embarrassing episodes. Yes, it did. It, it's it's fine, like, I could see how it, it, it could be renewed, and like, you know, and, and same with Deep Space Nine, but Voyager, <laughs> I go like the first season of Voyager, I'm like, oh, <laughs> you I made think it that's huh? on the first season of Voyager. I, I understand, but Voyager's like, it's. Oh, <laughs> okay. So it's from speaking season of two, mid season two, <laughs> there's sus- plenty of episodes for you to like, forget like about. All, everything pre seven of nine is sus in Voyager. <laughs> so, <laughs> so speaking of of questionable episodes, um, as you guys might know, Mike Moody and I, Mike Moody Garcia and I, mm-hmm. do a um, we're, we're just starting a Stargate SG one kind of podcast the essential episode so so we got into this conversation about kind of what you know the first season of stargate mm-hmm. and it's it's it, there's some rough episodes in there yeah and no. specifically like like the fourth episode or something like that is it's a terrible episode like it's just like oh my goodness like it's so cringeworthy Ooh. and i was like i was What's telling about because i've I seen all of them it's about it, it's basically a it's about a betrothal and like Samantha Carter has to wear this big dress and she's being sold to these men like it's a hot mess. I think it's called emancipation. Like it's a, it's a, I, I'm oh, I'm gonna be honest. I, I'm I'm getting out there. It's terrible. And so I'm thinking I'm, I'm trying to explain to Mike because he hasn't watched it and I'm like it's good. Like we can skip right over. It doesn't matter. And I'm thinking it reminds me of this first season next generation episode that is so horrible we never go back and watch it right you know what i'm talking about of course i know okay yeah let's finest moment yeah here's the <laughs> thing about it here's the thing about it they're written by the same person <laughs> that's incredible oh i love it i love yeah. it i love it that's I love incredibly it. awful incredible. so uh, awful i, I, I love like, it man are you kidding because we were we we're doing an episode and i was like i'm doing the research looking at the writers and i was like no, they wrote that episode, and so I click and I'm like, oh, they wrote that episode too. No, oh, that that, I was that, like, is, that is a tidbit there. Oh my god, I love that's, that. That makes sense now. 
I uh, I just saw a TikTok that was like, do <laughs> it was like when sci-fi and fantasy writers go, okay, here's the pitch. What if we take all the awful things that have happened to black people and indigenous people and we make them happen to white people? And they're like, and it's a book. <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> Please stop. <laughs> Just stop, yeah. Um, that's bananas. Uh, back to this episode of <laughs> Um, Carmen uh, reminds us that Trip, there's a correction below, but Trip from Enterprise has a pregnancy through touching. Um, oh, that's right. That's right. I remember that episode. I couldn't remember. Like, I knew that that had happened before, but I could not place where it is. And yeah, no, it's a surprise. It that makes sense. Thanks, Carmen. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was like, it's like funny that they're like, uh, I love Tahana just like quickly explaining, like doing the Star Trek techno babble to be like, oh, yeah, this is what's happening to you right now. Um, which with, I thought go was with it. just go with it. <laughs> just go with it. And when Rutherford comes to, it's like, oh, that wasn't just some PTSD dream. <laughs> um, but then I really liked their weird little bond. I do, I do have a question of like, I, it did that? I guess that alien clone baby went back because the planet that they're on, where they're harvesting the like the uh, moss, the moss from, um, is like the is the planet where that particular species is from. Um, so I guess she just like. I hope she would just went back and lived with like other members of her family. Yeah. Um, but I was like, what a wild way to be able to just be like, Oh, I don't want to die. <laughs> Here you go. I'm going to reclone myself. And I'm like, do you, I had so many other questions. I was like, are you like a trill in that you then remember everything from your past life? Or is it just like the concept of your, your, like the concept of your life continues on. I was like, I want to know everything about this, this planet there, and the species and these like cave creatures that they coexist with. There's a whole sense of consent before you do that, that I was like, Hey, yeah. you're not going to ask. You're just going to be like, Hey, you're pregnant. <laughs> yeah. That was, yeah. <laughs> that was a little concerning. <laughs> you know, you could be like, much. Hey, can I transfer my consciousness into your stomach? I mean, as a as an adolescent who was so scared of accidentally getting someone pregnant, um, though there weren't a lot of opportunities, so I don't know why that was such an obsession. The idea of someone just being able to do it that simple would have absolutely terrified me. Yeah. It was, it was, it was scary, but it was so weird and strange. And I loved the sequence of events and I love Dr. Tahana cause she's just so bananas. Um, and then we moved oh, to, wait, 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 says, mm -hmm. like, uh, Catherine powers, the, the writer of like, I mean, he's, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't oh. gonna name her. Uh, <laughs> I was but, trying but, not to name her name. But I knew it. Did introduce Garrick. I mean, that's a, Garrick, big okay. plus. Garrick is a big amazing. plus. Garrick is so, amazing. You know, like this is this is like he's amazing. So listen, and just in case for some reason Catherine Powers has nothing else to do and she's listening to this podcast, and it's like, why am I catching stray bullets? <laughs> like, listen, you know, a, we all have opportunities to make Clyde mistakes and to learn caps. and grow. <laughs> I'm just saying, there's I, always I opportunities to learn and I grow. I want to say this: if you look at her catalog, to to Kern's point, 
She actually has a bunch of really good episodes. And I look at this and go, you know what? Every once in a while, we have an off night. Like, <laughs> if you've listened to this pod, you know, we yeah. have a couple pods that we just don't talk about. Hey, right? I'm right here, like, man. That's not cool. Not cool, Clyde. That's not just, cool. No, I'm just saying, like, you know, I think there was a, a night where Paul, it was just, Mariah, you were out. And it was maybe just Paul and I'm like, we got through it. I don't know that I would recommend us do that again, but we got through it. (laughs) It's a red alert night. (laughs) (laughs) And so I look and go, she got a couple episodes in her bag that, you know, didn't age well. I mean, the thing that's surprising to me is that she went back to the same theme twice. (laughs) It's like, ooh, okay. At least we didn't get a, a, I mean, knock on whatever. Maybe there's not a a third time's the charm for not learning the lesson. I don't know. but Well, I I mean, I believe Code of Honor was embarrassing even in the time. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know, the the real talk, right? Like, you know, like you go like, oh, okay. Huh. Like, because I I was like, I was in high school at that point. And I was like, huh. That's okay. I, I guess that's okay. It's on TV. I guess that's okay. It's on TV. It it just seems a little weird. Paul, to your point, I think there was a time that we were a lot less critical about about television. And so you kind of was like, oh, someone somewhere approved this. So it's okay. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, like, like, I remember like the two episodes I remember most in season one of uh, Next Gen is... uh, is that episode uh because for all of it like you know you don't go to a planet with a lot of black people it, like, I, like like that, 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 i mean it was, it was just, i'll just just say that's the case and uh the shower episode like you know where the where where they, they get the the drunk water and data hooks up with uh you know yar and i'm going like huh that's pretty lazy like you know they, they just they just copied like seriously you know tos like so anyway first seasons are rough yeah. Um, I don't know if you're ready to, to move on, Mariah, but I really like Mariner's flashback with Thank Delta you. ship. I, I agree. That's my, probably my favorite too. That yeah. like the whole the time dilation and getting old and the competition and then the you know I think somebody in the chat said it earlier. The broken bone was oh funny. Like I I didn't want to laugh. Like I was like, the, like I should be a Paul. Oh my god, it's not healing right. <laughs> Yeah, no. I was like, oh, this is why, like, what did I just, um, someone asked, oh, I think, anyway, it was like someone asked a comedian, like, what's the funniest movie you've ever seen? And they were like, you know, I hate to say this, but honestly, on first watch, the movie that has made me laugh the most is Jackass. And I was like, and this is why. Solid. Jackass is is a solid movie. But this uh, is why it's just like down to like the common denominator of like of human pain that is funny enough because you know they're okay on the other side of it. Yeah, yeah no, like it's always fun, like you know, to laugh at human suffering. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, like, that, that, like that's that. Don't take that out of context. Come on, guys. I'm, like, I'm with Chufi when the, when the leg fell off, man. Oh my goodness! I just I'm, I had to pause it. I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I had to pause it because I was laughing too hard. It was. The pain, the suffering, Paul, the whole like, no, no, it's just no. the bone sticking out. And but when it fell off, it was just like, oh my like, goodness! I, I and like they were how, like, it'll be okay, just walk it off. <laughs> I, I like how like you know, like when it was healing, it looked like a gazelle leg, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so strange. 
I'm like, you didn't be like, let's just reset it a little bit before you go walking through. <laughs> like nothing. Just I my oh. only my only note is the the other Delta shifter who was aging backwards. I felt like they could have pushed on that just a little bit more and had him younger. Like Yeah, I was I thought say, they could have like another K baby. <laughs> just about just like, like a toddler. Um, yeah, cause I, it, honestly, I, I didn't catch, like, it kind of happened so quickly. I didn't really catch it all the way on first watch, like the, that part of the joke. So on second watch though, um, I, I definitely, uh, was like, oh, this would have been kind of funny to see them all like toddling up there, um, in some way. But what did y'all think of, I felt like you know, last week there was a lot of, or yeah, last week, because we talked about that episode last week, there was a lot of kind of him and hawing about, you know, Mariner sort of backsliding, but it was nice to see her really like do well and, and, you know, lead in her own way. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't know if she did well, <laughs> she did crash the shuttle. You know, I'm kidding. Like, you know, but, but like, you know, it's like a brick Paul. Yeah. It's just like a brick. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's it's funny because you know across all of sci-fi when you look at shuttles or spacecraft it, it's almost like this one-upmanship of how cool we can make these things right mm-hmm. like you think about the any of the spacecraft Battlestar like, Galactica, Battlestar Galactica yeah. right I, I always think about the Imperial shuttle Darth Vader's Imperial shuttle in Star mm-hmm. Wars the Enterprise and the Star Trek shuttle is largely shaped like a brick. It looks <laughs> like, like a minivan. It does look like a minivan. Yeah. And it, it and, is, and with the exception the of like the Odyssey of like, <laughs> yes. like you know, it's practical. It's very practical. That's right. Like, a and a side door storage, and a side door. That's right. You know, very safe airbags. That's right. <laughs> and so, I think that's why it's funny because it's like no one would disagree with her comment. Mm-hmm. Um. And so, yeah, so she, the fact that she crashed it is the fact that she crashed it and everybody was largely okay makes it a Honda Odyssey. It really yeah. does. It is a Sorry, Honda Odyssey I'm... with four wheel drive, um, <laughs> if you will. I, uh, yeah, I, I liked the premise of it. I liked seeing Mariner kind of figure her stuff out. And then I liked that it, we got to see everybody kind of use the skills that they've learned outside of their friend group, help their friend group in the end. Sure. Um, and then, you know, the cherry on top was like the very sweet connective story that Tendi kind of brought us all together with the with the heart at the end. Um, I did like the big text of like two hours later, three hours later, like every time it popped up, I was like, oh, dang, what are they going to be doing now? Um, and I also I, I read uh, in one I think it was Trek movie had a, their recap up and someone pointed out that in the um while they're stuck in the turbo lift, there is that moment when Tendi and Rutherford are playing that kind of charades game. And there's a little bit of like a look at each other between um, Mariner and Boimler about Tendi and Rutherford kind of adding a little bit to that. Will they, won't they? Exactly. How, how, how in sync they were. Cause mm-hmm. it, I got that too. You know, it... I'm telling you guys, we're going to look up. It's going to be like season six of this show. Season seven. And we're going to find out that they've been hooking up the entire time. You think? 
Maybe. Or is it going to happen after the the they ate chocolate versions of each other? And that's what it's like. <laughs> They're like, oh, yeah. Well, after this whole thing, you know, like we saw each other without clothes on. We decided it was okay. You know, like, yeah, it was cool. Um, that would be that would be wild. But um, yeah, overall, I just I really enjoyed this this episode. Um, Chippy points out Shaxx, I'm here to rescue you. Also very funny. We got a Boimler scream. Can't be an episode without a Boimler scream. Mm -mm. Uh, I feel like there should be like a bingo card for lower decks. Oh, sure. Yeah. No, next season five, we'll do that. Yeah. We can do a bingo card. I just, were you guys okay with the fact that this did not move the story along at all? I mean, it reminded me of a true bottle episode where you use mm-hmm. it, you're reusing a set, you're like not really moving much plot forward. But I did feel to me like it was moving our character arcs forward, which uh, was enough for me. Okay. Like for me, what like, I, I, like, you know, I think, how should I say it in the best way? I didn't care because it felt really in style of what star trek is like you know like because star trek oftentimes will now have like arc episodes like you know seasonal arcs and real episodics whereas like in this um in this iteration of star trek like you know at least uh in lower decks like we had like hints of the long arc with the ship in the beginning and then completely nothing about it and so rather than do that they just did like oh here's Here's a episode we can put anywhere, and it would mm-hmm. it would work. And so I I, I forgave it for that, because okay. you know, because I'm I'm starting to lose faith about the the ship, the mist, the big mystery. I, I think it's going to be let down. I, Mike McMahon keeps hyping it up, and like, I feel like, like he's very rarely let me down. Yeah, like I, I I I think I've been happy with all the finales, but like you know, I'm, there's this part where I go like, this one more than any of them. Like you really kind of made a promise like oh this is going to be good mm-hmm. and i go like you know what did that lost and lost there you know that that, that lost was lost and I, I didn't watch lost i lost like i watched the first half of season one and i go like these people don't know what they're doing <laughs> and, and then i watched the last season because everyone's like oh did, we're gonna watch it land and then when it crashed i was going like yep i saved myself four and a half seasons i mean lost was amazing up until the last episode well, that, that, I don't know. I like, but did did undo everything? Because like, cause it, for me, I go. Like, oh, they're lost. I think if you, I think if you largely just ignore the last episode, it's, it's a great series of television. But I'm trying to think of like, Mariah, when we went and watched Discovery, mm-hmm. and we had the whole like, what was it like, the Red Angel or the mm-hmm. yeah, like. Wasn't there some concern that we, it was this big, big thing and it was going to be a bit of a letdown? I mean, we like the burn, I think, was one that a lot of oh, people didn't yes. enjoy the finale of. Um, it's like, but I think you also take that risk when you're doing bigger puzzle box series, which is what Discovery is, right? Like you're, you mm-hmm. are setting up a problem at the beginning of the season and then you have to solve it by the end um, versus like lower decks were really just kind of along for the ride and they set up a bit of a seasonal arc. But for me, lower decks is about the characters more than it is about like the larger seasonal arc. Yeah. yeah. I'm with you on that. Yeah. So I'll, I'll ride with Mike McMahon and, and, and come. I'm on the ride. I'm just, I'm just, my arms are just a little crossed. And I go like, 
Mm. Oh, you. I th- you're at like the top of the roller coaster and you're just like, this better be fun on the way down. That's right. I'm just, I, I, part of me really expected to have something to do with either Badgie or Peanut Hamper. I and feel the like fact they, that, those were the like what they wanted us to think all season. And now they're out of the way. We get an actual surprise. I mean, like, it, yeah. Like Ricard season three, I was kind of disappointed when it's, oh, look, it's the Borg. Oh, man. That's so cool, said Paul, <laughs> in this way that, you know, tell, tell me that you're disappointed without telling me you're disappointed. <laughs> um, but yeah, we shall, we shall see. I, I've liked yep. all the finales and I, and I hope we go in strong because I know that there's, you know, uh, a lot of talk about how most streaming shows don't get past a fifth season. So I'm really hoping we we get um, as much storytelling as we can out of these characters because they're really fun. Yep. Um, I think that's it for me on this episode. Anything else from y'all? I just had a thought, like a Mm -hmm. random thought. What if like people just did reboots of series that had bad endings? So like instead of rebooting Mm -hmm. a whole series, just reboot the season. You so, like, you know, so like we get a new season of the last season of Game of Thrones. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like you know, I I I bet you there would be there would be uh, there'd be support for that. I could oh. be wrong, you know. I, I don't know. Like, you don't have to you don't have to invest in a whole season, uh, and just bring these people back and just re- redo <laughs> multiverse cut. <laughs> it, it, it wouldn't even be called like a reboot. It would just be called a do over. That's right. right. Yeah, sure, sure. A uh, do-over do-over. season. A mulligan. Yeah. The mulligan season. Oh, yeah. Mulligan Beautiful. I, I think I think that'd be a great like I think like people are talking about Battlestar Galactica. Like, you know, there are a lot of shows out there that uh I think the tough part with some of these shows, right? With like Lost and Battlestar Galactica mm-hmm. is they got so big and the story became so complex. I don't know how you end them, but it feels like for for Lost and Battlestar Galactic in particular, it came to a point where you had to end them, mm-hmm, and they sure. might have been shows that really just needed to keep going, right? I don't know. I don't know if Lost had any more wheels, any more gas. I think I, mean, uh, I think Lost was creatively bank. Oh, did I say that? <laughs> like like ultimately, I I was a very big Alias fan, and then okay. uh, uh, and then basically around season three or four, I go like. Oh, you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> you're just, you're just making stuff up and go like, oh, well, ha ha! Look at this box. Look at this box. Look at this box. They go like, you don't know what you're doing. I, I don't know. It's it's. I, I'm interested because for me, I think sometimes it's hard for me to stay truly engaged beyond about season four or five, anyway. Hmm. Um, and usually, because usually that that's that's around where they have to do the second reboot of a significant story, right? And so it's like, am I am I getting emotionally invested in something, right? So it depends on how the first couple reboots went. Oh, right? and, and and like with SG One, you you watch all ten seasons. I'm gonna be honest. I take a break. Oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, here's the other thing. Listen, I'm a I'm a big character person. Sure, sure. Uh, when you start switching up characters, when you're going to have o- me rethinking. When Jack O'Neill left, you were like, screw uh, this. 
Screw it's not I so need my MacGyver. Screw it, I need I my need MacGyver. To, I'm I'm gonna <laughs> sit and think about it for a little bit. Like, all right, you've got a whole new cast of of characters. How do I feel about this? And sometimes I, I, I gave you one me... mulligan with uh Peter Jackson, you know, like uh what's his name? Uh well it, it and if I'm being honest, Morena Baccarin, when she showed up, it was kind of like, hmm, maybe I should take a second look at this. <laughs> um Yes, so when we finally get the 12th season of Lower Decks and we've had five character changeovers. <laughs> I'm going to be like, I'm out. Yeah. Well, no, you're like, oh, Captain Boiler. Like, you know, the, 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 you know this Captain Boiler ship and, like, Lower Deck. Mm-hmm. Boom. Like, Potentially. I, I, I'm here for that. Like, Pops and all of our Lower Deckers are the B stories of our Upper Deckers. And, and Tendi is the pirate queen that she's always meant to be. Oh, that, would you watch that? Would you see how that happened, Clyde? Yeah. Yes, I would. would. Yes, I yeah, would. Yeah, you would. So, 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 okay. sit, sit back down. Sit back. Down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man! All right, y'all. Uh, we will be back. <laughs> we will be back next week to talk about episode nine of Star Trek Lower Decks. Uh, you can subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on Apple and on um, uh, Spotify. Visit StarTrekPod.co uh, to find links to all of those places, as well as a link to our Patreon, where we are going to be starting our series about um, Ferengis. Ranking. So mm-hmm. you should uh, subscribe and check that out, because that is going to be a Patreon-only uh, exclusive. And maybe, maybe we'll do we'll do like a like a later on like a. Like our favorite cave episodes as well. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about that. We could do a cave, a couple of cave episodes. That could be really fun. Yep. Um, you can find us on X slash Twitter, whatever that garbage pile is right now for updates. Thank you, Karen, for helping us run things over on that trash site. Apparently, they're going to make us start paying for things. Then we'll be gone and I'll find out some other place for us to be. We appreciate y'all. Live long and prosper. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone.